0: Hello, y'all, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And from Marriage Unchained, The Art of One Flesh Divorce Combat Coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic phase. Why? Because dating is for sex. And courting is for marriage. In this 183rd episode, the Holy Lovers series continues with how to save my Catholic marriage when my wife is given up. And today we uncover gift number 29 the top reasons sex dies after marriage. And we are in part two. I must warn you that today's content is meant for mature audiences. So, plus live phone calls from you, so get in that queue. And if you are getting value from this podcast on a regular basis and would like to help inadvertently help other marriages, please share this podcast for me. Don't wait. Get in that queue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. <laughs> And so with the quote of the day, let's do this. Quote, we have defined love as an ambition to ensure the true good of another person and consequently as the antithesis of egoism. Since in marriage, a man and a woman are associated sexually as well as in other other respects, the good must be sought in this area, too. From the point of view of another person, from the altruistic standpoint, end quote, St. Pope John Paul II book, Love and Responsibility. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confused. Okay, and so let's get into this Um, again today and maybe tomorrow. I don't think we'll we'll hopefully we'll get done today. But yesterday and today, we're really talking about why intimacy dies after marriage. Um, And a lot of um, a lot of us don't really understand why. Um, And what I want to do is really mainly we're going over some self-giving and some spiritual um, um, deep orthodox catholic reasons um that that christ and his church have developed and have interpreted over years and thousands of years okay and so it's important that we try to understand intimacy and how important it is um not just with sex but also intimacy outside the bedroom a lot of times i call making love i say making love outside the bedroom um and that really helps both the partners, the, the wife and the husband. Um, and, and, and friendship always carries over. Um, and I think, but first, we've got to have our souls right. When our souls aren't right, we bring in baggage and have a lot of things going on. Okay. And so we're going to continue with the top 10 reasons sex dies after marriage, which is part of the Holy Lover series of in, in GIFT 29, which states a holy lover recognizes the difference between eroticism and intimacy. Okay, so real quick, let's develop an understanding of what eroticism is. In essence, lust and intimacy, which I call holy lover sex, what they actually are. And it's important that we really do understand that. And I'm just going to quickly review. If you want to get more in depth, you can look at episode 182 on Catholic Alpha Radical Live YouTube or Rumble or Facebook. Okay. Next. So, in um in this show in this short series we're going to dissect intimacy and eroticism to help us understand how Satan enters what we can seem to be instantly the love between a married couple and turn it into a source of evil and a road to the diabolical. A lot of times we don't really realize that the things we do or the, that we don't really that the things we do we invite in evil. You know, I, I don't really know before I was Catholic and before I really started getting to Christianity, I don't even really know what I even thought about evil. Like, did I think it was bad luck, bad things happened? Uh, did I think it was, you know, bad is bad. But now I come to realize that bad is evil. So that's either it's a, it's for God or Satan's side. Um, and a lot of times if bad happens in our lives, it's because God has allowed that to happen so that we can get our act together. But back then, I had no even a concept of what how evil got into my it was. just I thought it was just something that other people evil did to me. You know what I'm saying? But now I understand a lot of evil happens because of things. I do things. I allow things. I start like when people people don't really believe that Harry Potter is evil. They really don't. They really don't. They don't really believe that a witch's spell um, in a movie is bad if it's real, you know, and that they use real things to to draw your kids in, and your kids are watching that. I mean, I watched the movie before I even knew what it was, you know, and it wasn't even that good, to be a matter of fact. <laughs> but there are like three or four movies in the series, and so when people start saying, Man, that that movie's evil, man. Why, why, why? Are people letting their kids watch that. Most people don't even realize it. And then when you tell them, they go, "Oh, oh!" And they still don't believe you, right? But we've got to understand, just as in our marriage, with our children, in our bedroom, in our life, evil is forever, ever present. And we've got to understand the things that cause evil to um to enter our bedroom. Which when either when evil enters our bedroom, Christ leaves it. Okay. So now let's talk about real quick what is intimacy and what is eroticism and the understanding. Okay. And then we're gonna take a break and we'll be on to the top 10. So number, so here how we're gonna do it is intimacy, which we call holy lover sex and versus eroticism, lust. Quite simple, eroticism is lust, and eroticism gives you all the pleasure of intimacy, but with one difference, the pleasure doesn't last. It's like coffee when you drink coffee and then that coffee, you know, you're kind of high and buzzy for like a half hour or an hour. Probably when you first start drinking coffee and you never had it before, it probably lasts a lot longer than that. But as our heart rate rises for an hour, then what happens is after a while, though, it fizzles out. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of like a really good way to, 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 to find eroticism and, and how it is and lust and how that kind of um, kind of fools you a little bit. It's kind of like a drug. Okay. Um, Another thing. So, intimacy. How's intimacy different? So, intimacy is different, and then is intimacy is of absolute total goodness. So, goodness is of what? One thing of God. Okay. We've got to understand that without God, there's no reason to ever do anything good. It's not. If there is no such thing as God in the universe, then what we would do, we would kill each other. We would, we would yell at each other. We'd scream at each other. We'd hate each other. We'd fight each other. We'd kill each other. There'd be no control. This is where, this is how you under, you know, that God's grace, his power is, is, is flowing is the first of the first mover. So those of you that don't understand what the first mover is, the first mover is God himself, um, because there was nothing before God. And you can't have something for nothing like this universe, like the earth, like us ourselves, like a car. Something has to create that. So that is the first mover, which is God. Okay. And so if without God, when I say without God, there's no reason to be good, because then if there's no God, then why? Why love your wife? Why not just smack her around? You know, why? Why love your kids? you know, or like a lot of folks like to do is, is walk their little dogs around. Why do that? Why why give to charities? Um, why go to work? Why be nice to people? You know, there's no reason whatsoever to be good if there's not no God. You know why? Because the evolution of goodness moves towards God, which takes our souls when we die to heaven. And so that this is why you hear me talk about two. F- we must prepare for two futures. As a man, the first future we prepare for is when you're 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, that you prepare for a future that you know, you're know you monetarily together, your soul's together, your state and life has changed, you have your family and kids around you, hopefully your wife is still around. Okay? You don't want to be in a nursing home by yourself with nobody around, nobody visiting you, nurses around you all the time. That's future number one. But the most important future that every man must prepare for is his eternal soul. Eternity. So once you prepare for that, as you're preparing for that first future, you're also preparing for the eternal life with God. Or if you choose, you can choose hell. Hey, it's up to you. It's your life. It's your soul. It's your eternity, not mine. But that is kind of what we're preparing for. And so without God, there's no reason to be good. Because if there is no God, what am I preparing for futures for? I just die, and then it's kind of just over, which is what a lot of people think. They really think that. They have they have not sat down and thought for 10 seconds, like what really, like when I die, what is really going to happen to my soul, which is energy? What is that going to happen to that soul? Not, is it going to just float around my house? <laughs> is it going to go to darkness and oblivion? Wherever you, whatever your soul is going to go, you are still going to be um, what is the word you're still I'll be you're going to be aware you're you're going to still be aware of what's happening to you to your soul okay so this is why when i say intimacy inside the bedroom marriage and embrace the holy caress whatever you want to call it intimacy is of total goodness okay and we need that to to help prepare our souls our wife to, uh, together as we move toward our lord okay So, again, uh, now, that's it. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break, and then uh, we're going to move right into um, the the top ten. We did two yesterday. So hopefully we'll get the rest of them done today if my mouth doesn't get out of control. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit com for an opportunity to work with me personally. For free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit Save My Catholic Marriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit Save My Catholic Marriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, Save My Catholic Marriage.com. That's Save Hey, 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 we are back. All right, so, okay, so I hope that you guys are are really excited about what we're going to go over. I am, I always am. Um, Let's have some fun because the knowledge of God is fun, isn't it? The knowledge of God is fun. The knowledge of intimacy is fun. The knowledge of your your wife is fun. And, And when you have that knowledge, that shows you love them. The knowledge of those entities means the more I crave my knowledge for them, the more I love them. Um, and 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 the more God realizes we're serious, the more our wife realizes we're serious um, and, and the more we know about them. OK, so. Again, the top reason sex dies after marriage. Part two today is gift 29, which states a holy lover recognizes the difference between eroticism and intimacy. Um, and um, again, if you are, have questions about, you know, intimacy in the bedroom, like what is God talking about? What, what, um, what God, what does God want us to do? Um, call me three, one, three radical. But remember, man, as as I said yesterday, if you really, really think about it, man, God only interferes in our sex life, in our marriage, our intimacy part of our marriage, when we start interfering in creation. And if you can look at it like that, you can understand what I'm going to talk about in a, a, lot, better, uh, in a lot better view is that God cares about us so much that he wants our intimacy to be so great that... He doesn't want anything to harm it or to hurt it. So this is why eroticism and intimacy are so important that you understand, Um, because once you bring the wrong things in your room, then then you start experiencing lust and lust does what? It chases God away. It harms your, your marriage. And eventually your intimacy will stop. It will because it will never be enough. You know, what do I mean by never be enough? Because once you start doing one lustful thing, then guess what? The next lustful thing comes along, and then that ain't enough, and the next lustful thing comes along, and that ain't enough. And so you know how the devil works. Y'all know how he works, man. (laughs) It's just going to keep getting worse. You know, that drug, I need more and more and more. Before you know it, it, you can't be filled. Because why? Only God can fill the gut. That hole in our guts, right? We all instinctively know that, but we still chase it. We still chase the drug. So please be careful and try to understand that, that what I'm trying to have your best interest at heart. God loves you, has your best interest at heart, and he wants to do what's best that won't hurt you. That's kind of how you got to really look at it. It's not that he's trying to control you or trying to like really get in your business. He's just really trying to say, listen, if, if, if you do these types of things, your intimacy between you and your wife will die. It will. Okay. And so he doesn't want that, right? You don't want that. And so you want to do what's best, what cultivates that intimacy. And remember it takes three to make love, doesn't it? You, your wife and God. All right. So, um, I am using three resources in conjunction with my writings to help bring you this content. Resource one is Holy Sex, A Catholic Guide to Toe Curling, Mind-Blowing, Infallible Loving by Dr. Gregory Popchek, PhD, who does a great job in in giving us the here and now, the differences between intimacy and, 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 um, and eroticism. Resource two is Father John A. Harden, chastity and charity in marriage and resource three is a video conjugal chastity by father Chad Rippicker series on marriage uh, video number two so but first let's review the ones from part one so the first one was the reason that sex dies after marriage is the couple refuses to allow the Trinity Father Son and Holy Spirit into their bedroom okay Um, We've got to understand that it's important that we allow God in our bedroom. And so one of the ways we do that is we pray. We pray before, during, or after. Um, and we allow God to bless our union, to, to get our minds right, to, to, to get into that blissful, loving thing. Again, remember, lovemaking is not supposed to be animalistic. It's not. It's supposed to be blissful. And, and somebody's gonna say, Well, man, how you gonna sit there and tell me how I'm not really trying to tell you, man? I'm just trying to tell you what's best. <laughs> how was how you can and your wife could really get into each other? Think about what I'm saying. Animalistic love making is what? Blam, bam, 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 two minutes, five minutes, it's over. Ten minutes, it's over. You don't even really remember it. Blissful love making is ours. Intimacy, intimate. I'm into her. She's into me. We have time to 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 gel with each other, to really understand our love, to let the intimacy flow, to let the feelings of God and our self and our oneness, our one flesh union, to 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 enter each other, our our wife, ourselves, to really explore each other. And you can't do that in ten minutes. You can't do it in five minutes. Okay. This is what I mean. Okay. So I'm not trying to tell you how to, I'm just trying to help you understand what will bring on that great friendship, that great love, that great one flesh that you really, really want. Okay. No one just wants an average intimate life with their wife. Nobody, nobody wants a bad one. We all want good, great or extraordinary, right? Is, is, is extraordinary better than great? I don't know. Great's probably supposed to be the best best. So we'll say great, okay? This is what we want. If you want greatness, you must do what it takes to build greatness, okay? So the couple refused to allow God into their home, I mean, to their bedroom. And one of the things you can do, you can send our Father, pray the rosary, three Hail Marys, pray a married couple's prayer, or whatever, okay? Number two was The couple commits offense against chastity inside and outside the bedroom. So chastity is the virtue which does what? Excludes or moderates the indulgence of the sexual appetite. Okay, this is how God monitors it, what God put in our heart to monitor. And and, and it's important that we understand. And so uh, chastity, offenses offenses against chastity are lust, masturbation, fornication, pornography, prostitution, rape, same-sex attraction, infidelity, that kind of stuff. OK, um, but really chastity is it builds upon God. And so the more chaste we are, um, if uh, there's also a thing which I didn't know that that chaste, there's a chaste uh, in marriage too, not just in outside of marriage. OK, so now that's the review. So now let's get to. Um, um, let's get to if you want to know more about one and two and and the things that we talked about uh, on the last show, and I'll go deep, deep, deep into those than episode 182, okay? All right, so number three, okay? The number three, a reason that sex dies after marriage, and all of you are going to agree with me on this one. (laughs) You are. Number three, selfishness. Diminishes sex over time. Everybody can agree with me on that one. I know you do. I know you can't. Even if you're a man, you agree. <laughs> so selfishness is very, very bad. Um, lust will carry our sex passion for a while, but eventually the passion and excitement will leave. Because with lust, the evil never stops and it will not be satisfied until it has consumed your sex life and or you stop having sex, period. Okay? So, think about it. We talked about how evil just keeps going, right? But we never even thought about how, like, the couple just stops having sex altogether. Think about it. Because it's not not exciting for them anymore. Usually it's not exciting for the wife. And so if it's not exciting for the wife... She's gonna go wash dishes. She go change some diapers. She go. She gonna go shopping. <laughs> you know. She's like, oh, okay, I guess. And and many times a wife will go, yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's make love. You know, it's my duty. I'm a, I'm your, You're my husband. I wanna try to make you happy. You know. But after a while, after years of selfishness, what happens? She kind of like, like I said, she wants to go to the mall instead of make love. <laughs> you know. So. That's why it's very important that we understand selfishness and understand how evil works. And sometimes the evil is we just stop having sex altogether. Believe it or not, that is evil. Because why? It's a mortal sin to deny your husband intimacy, sex, or your wife sex when they ask for it reasonably. So, reasonably is not, I'm sick. Reasonably is not, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> not sick. I'm sorry, that was wrong. Reasonably is not, I'm mad at you. Reasonably is not, uh, I got a headache. Reasonably is not, I'm tired. No, no. Most husbands will go, if, you, if she's tired, no problem. I understand. But if you are, the only reason you can deny your husband sex or your wife sex is if what? Is if they are really sick. Okay. And that's reasonable. Right, like they have the flu or whatever, you know. Um, but if every night we talk about, look, can we make love and stuff. Oh, I, I got a headache, or you know, I got, I, I got nausea or whatever. That's that's denying your 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 spouse their right. Something people don't realize when you get married, you have bodily rights over your spouse. His body belongs to you, and your body belongs to him. There is no in between. That's why it's called one flesh. When you get married before God, you you're you belong to each other. You have bodily rights over each other. So that's why we when I you be talking about keeping secrets from your husband, keeping secrets from your wife, that is completely sinful, dude. That will ruin your marriage. Matter of fact, that will kill your marriage a lot faster than selfishness will. It, it, it will. So we've got to understand. Um, um, that when we are married, that we belong to each other, okay? And deny, it's a mortal sin to deny. Why is it a mortal sin to deny my husband's sex? Why is it a mortal sin to deny my wife's sex? Because it goes back to what again? Everybody said in unison. Procreation! And why is procreation so important? Everybody in unison again! Because it's the very reason we are here. <laughs> that's why god created us to be with him and you cannot have souls in heaven if none of them are created okay so this is why um and i understand that women get upset and they get mad he's not paying attention to me he says he's not giving me attention he's not treating me right okay that is might work for a minute but we've that's why God forces us to sit down and have conversations with our spouse to say, listen, I want to make love to you. I really do. But you're not you're not making me want to. And any man worth his salt, if his wife sits him down and explains to him the real deal of listen, you're not loving me properly. You're not holding me. We don't talk outside of the bedroom. We don't hold hands. We don't go for walks. You don't take me on date night. You forget my birthday. You don't remember our anniversary. You work 12, 14 hours a day. You go everywhere else and give everybody else your attention, like the church, like the, the nursing home, the prisons, um, your job. And when you come home, you don't say nothing to me. We don't spend time together. And you go, if you, and if a woman, and you go, listen, I really, I do want to make love to you. But I have to be prepared outside the bedroom. I am not a robot. You know, we have, I have to feel close to you. And one of the things I ask, guys, is this. If you were your wife and you were married to you, would you want to have sex with you? <laughs> That's a great question, ain't it? That is a great, great question. If you were your wife (laughs) and you was married to you, and would you want to have sex with you? Would you? I don't know. That's only you can answer that, you and your wife. But I'm telling you, you got to man up and ask her. Because a woman at first is going to be like, "Nah, nah, baby, you great in bed. Oh, babe, you're the best. Oh, I love you so much, and I just want to have sex with you all the time. Okay, that's a lie. But if you say, if you tell your wife, listen, please, just I want to have an adult conversation, and I really want to understand what am I? Well, how can we make our love sessions better? How can we love each other better? Um, what do you would you? And not, and not and guys, a lot of time it's not necessarily what we're like, okay, what do you want me to do? It's not really, that's really not the answer a lot of the question a lot of times. The question is, ask your wife, how can you and I together make our love making sessions powerful and beautiful? What can we do together to, 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 to to please each other? You see the difference? Because if you ask your wife, well, what, what can I? What do you want me to do to you to make you more excited? She's gonna go, hey, I don't know. That's what my wife would say. I don't know. That's up to you to find out. <laughs> I'm the woman. I already know you, but you. I don't know. I just know it feels good. But to tomorrow, she'll say, today, if you touch my leg, yes. But tomorrow, if you touch my leg, it might not. See, that's what I'm saying. So, what we've got to do is—it's really an exploratory thing all the time. All right, I know I kind of went off on a tangent a little bit, but I really didn't, because all of this stuff works together, gentlemen. It really does, and I—I know it's complicated. I'm not. This is not just sit down and have some chicken. And boy, this chicken's good. And then it's it. No, it's—it's it's more of with our wives. We always have to explore. It's always an exploratory journey. This is why lovemaking is really exciting every time if you look at your wife as, wow, to what, what is going to be exciting for us today? Like, you know, if, if if I kiss her, will that do it? If we hold hands while we're laying next to each other in the bed, is that going to do it? You know, the journey of your love together is what is going to make your marriage and your and your love towards God and your family prosper. Because the love between you and your wife, including with God, is what makes your marriage prosper all the way down and your family. Okay. So um, again, selfishness, selfishness diminishes sex, diminishes sex over time. The breakdown of marriage is due to selfishness. As I always say, selfishness is the murderer of marriage. It really is. Did you know that today that as much as 80% of marriage filings for divorce are um, um, are um, are by women? And I know I've said that before, but I ain't going to never stop saying it because that is way too high. That is way too high, isn't it? Think about it. Out of every 100 divorces filed, out of 100 divorces filed today, let's say, 80 of those are filed by a woman. So something is definitely wrong. Right. And, and, and don't think that your marriage can't be one of those that she's she's going to the divorce court, dude. <laughs> OK, so, yes. Yep. He is selfish. She is selfish. And so the evil continues. Marriage is the core of the universe. Without it, society is an utter disadvantage against evil. Look, marriage helps protect us against Satan, against evil. That's why the country's going down. Everybody's always worried about one of the things I like to find the Ripper says and a lot. There are a lot of priests that talk about what to say. But Father Ripper, one thing he says is, you know, when we vote, everybody's always talking about the economy, the economy, the economy, the economy, money, 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 the economy, economy, economy. We have focused on the economy in this country for a 100 years and probably more. Has it changed? It's still bad. It's, it's, it's that because e- the economy is not the reason you vote for somebody. The reason you vote for somebody is their moral issues. What kind of morally good person are they? Are they against, the, are they pro-life, right? Are they against no-fault divorce? Do they want, they think the, they make the families important? And if they aren't, no-fault divorce should be out of there. Are they for children? Also, are children important? If so, why we have contraception is legalized. You know, you ask. Look, if you this is this is why, you know, like in the Catholic Church, I got to do is Google it and say, what? How do I vote for somebody or like this? This list will come up. It's very simple. You know, and, and another thing, too, is what God wants us, how God wants us to vote. See, that's why people don't want Christians in the White House or in um in all these different counties and state governments and stuff. You know why? Because if I'm beholden to God, you can't control me. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. This is why. Diabolical narcissists in the government, in the world, the power that be, they hate Christians, especially Catholics. You know why? Because we understand you can't control us. A strong, orthodox Catholic man or Christian man, you can't control us. And we know it and you know it. And so because first thing we're going to do is we're going to start thinking, Okay, well, what would God have me do? See, they don't want you thinking like that. Because if you think like that, then that means when they try to manipulate you and brainwash you, you're gonna not be thinking about goodness. You're gonna be thinking about evil. Because people kill me how they say, you know, the Catholic faith is made by man. That is so untrue. That is so untrue. That is if you look at the Catholic Church, man, everything in the Catholic Church is scripturally based and it can be proven. Is that man made? No, that's God made. That's Christ made. But see, they don't. The, the they. I know Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen says, "Who is the they? The they is the is is the people on the side of Satan that don't even realize that they're on the side of Satan." Okay, and we've got to understand that marriage is the core of the universe. And if there's a politician that is not is that is not trying to 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 bring that in, then we don't vote for him. That's another thing. Stop voting for black people just because they black. That does not win nothing. That does not help nothing. Stop voting for white people because they ain't because they ain't Mexican or black or Chinese or whatever. Vote with the you know it's a these are moral issues these are the, the 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 these are God's issues of how our you say we say we love God we have to start putting Him in every facet of our life which is why intimacy is part of that which is why voting is part of that it's all works together any hardcore Christian and Catholic will tell you the same thing I'm going to tell you. God is in every facet of our life. There is not one thing in our life that God is not a part of. You know why? Because that means that's how we know we love God. And we're trying to be obedient to that. And so media, the government, the one world government, and all this kind of people, people that money is their number one thing. There's no way in hell they want you thinking about God, man. They don't, especially when the in the voting booth. They don't. Because if if I can, if if you're thinking about God, you're not thinking about what I want you to do. You're thinking about what God would have me have you do. And they're not trying to have that. Okay. So I know that. Try to think about that and really understand, man. When we go in the voting booth, it's not just voting how we want. That's selfishness. That's not what's good for the the country. What we want is not necessarily what's good for the country. Is it? No-fault divorce. People will fight. Well, no, let's take take off no-fault divorce because it's powerful, but it ain't powerful like abortion. People will kill you to the death and fight you to the death over abortion, the right to kill a baby. They will they will. And so if I can get you off that subject, I got you. I got I got you. Okay? So, listen. Marriage is important. And if the this is why there are rules that will help the youth, that will help us as a people, as a person, as a nation, that when we go to the voting booth, we 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 vote for those people who have proven or at least preached about I'm for I'm 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 pro-life. I don't I think everybody should be married. I think there should be some kind of law that, that makes a man and a woman have to at least go to marriage counseling and talk it out. Um, there needs to be some law where we just don't like kill souls in contraception. There needs to be some law where we're not allowing men to just go around and just act how they want to and not be real men. Those are all from God. We say we're a nation of God, then we need to start acting like it, okay? So next, um, we are many of us are all too preoccupied with ourselves to really consider that marriage is the core of the universe. Satan will fight marriage to the end because he knows if, if, you, if you really understand the faith, you will know that Satan um, is trying, is the last fight is marriage. He is up on his last fight. His last fight is to kill marriage. And he's doing it, okay? Because we're allowing it, okay? Uh, we only focus on the short term and never the long term. And the long term is what we must focus on in order to defeat evil, stay in grace with God, and be rewarded by eternity. Marital love must be a love that sacrifices and unifies. Oh, man, that's a great one. What's the third purpose of marriage, everybody? Everybody should know this one by heart. The third reason God created marriage is for what? It's for the unity of the spouses in that order. So the number one reason and most important reason is what? Procreation. We all know why by now, because God wanted to share his love and, 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 and divine love with us. And to spend eternity with him. That's why procreation is so important. That's the plan. The plan is not to eat bonbons, play video games, and go to movies and go play golf every day. That's not the God's plan. Okay, that's our plan. <laughs> okay. Number two reason God created marriage is what? Boom, boom, boom for the formation and create an education of who those beautiful children that you have in the faith. Which is to know lo- know God, love God, and serve God. Okay. This is why the Catholic faith and the Christian faith are going down because we don't we're not doing that with our children. Oh, our children, we they get they get to decide what they want to be when they get when they get older. No, you don't let your kid decide if they want to love God when they when they're 25. It's too late then. Another thing you guys gotta understand. Either you go, your guys gonna be, your kids will be formed by God, or it's gonna be formed by the society, which is who, which is Satan. Do you want your child running around, your little girl running around with all her clothes off like Beyonce? Do you really want that? If Beyonce was so great, why can't she keep her husband happy? Beyonce so great, why is her husband screwing around on her? Beyonce so great, why have they thought about divorce ten thousand times? Beyonce is not great. She's just a great entertainer. That is not a great person. Another thing is just because a person can make billions and billions of dollars doesn't mean they're good. That just means they're or they're a good person. That just means that they're good at making money. Okay, we've got to get to understand the core of our life, of what's happening in our bedrooms with God and why it's important. So, marital love must be a love that sacrifices and unifies. Oh, yeah, that's where I was at. So, the the, the and then the third reason for marriage is what? It's the unity of the spouses, which is far less important than the other two. But that is the reasons. Those are the reasons God recreated marriage. Satan knows it. The demons know it. And they try to destroy it every turn. Okay? So, the marital embrace must unify the married couple. That's why sex is important, because it unifies the couple which basically means what? Emotional connection, which basically means that's the most important thing for women. If you ain't got an emotional connection with your wife, she's not going to want to be intimate with you. Okay? So, coming up, keep going. Uh, build and help and maintain the emotional connection. It must be sacrificial. giving completely of self first before experience, expecting service from your beloved. So, another thing that, that men have that they don't understand is we, as men, got to give of ourselves in the bedroom first. We've got to serve first. Then our wife will serve. If you think that we're going to go in the bedroom and then your wife is going to be this awesome lover and just rock your world all the time for the rest of your life, that ain't going to happen, okay? It might happen when you're dating and because lusting took over and everybody's excited about everybody and everybody wants to give their best. But once you get married, after the first year or two, then you start to see that what sex is really about, <laughs> and sex is about you, the man keeping the fire going in your bedroom. Then your wife will be more motivated um, to 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 her, to to work with you, okay? Uh, because women don't like to admit it, but they they think like men think. Well, I got him now; I can kind of do what I want right don't you hate women do that too men do it too it ain't fair but people get lazy they get um and and, and so they just get lazy it, it, it they want other other things that they want to do that they think is more important than their spouse and then what happens is crash okay now if um it must uh if the loving if the if the intimacy is not sacrificial She will always look at him as selfish and uncaring. That's the reason why men must lead in the bedroom and be intimate and lead, is because if not, their wife will look at them as selfish and uncaring. Okay. And this will proceed and ingrain itself outside the bedroom as well. Defeating what God has in store for the married couple, an awesome journey of love, the lover and the divine lover. Okay. In order to become a great lover, We must surrender our wills to God and our beloved wife, which means what? Sometimes what we want to do in the bedroom is not good for our wife. It's not good for her soul. It's not good for her character. It's not, it's not, I've had women tell me he just, he just makes me feel so dirty. Now they won't tell him that, but they'll tell me that. (laughs) Don't know why what they do. <laughs> he just makes me feel so dirty. If um, if a husband, if I I don't, you know, I'm not in every husband's brain, but you know what, ladies, suffice to say, I think that if my wife sat me down and told me that I make her feel dirty, I I think I would change. The problem with women is they don't say nothing because why they love you and they don't want you to leave and they don't want you to get mad and they want you to be happy. And so that overrides their common sense sometimes where if they set you down and said, you know, can we talk about this? And It makes me feel like this. It makes me feel like that. Then most men, because most men want to be good. So they will listen and say, oh, and especially when it comes to sex, they really no man wants to be a bad lover. OK, so they're motivated. <laughs> we're always motivated. So if you set me down and say, sweetheart, that makes me feel dirty. And I, can we talk about it? And maybe we could do, do some alternate things or something so that it doesn't offend God. Because here, one of the things we're going to talk about later is. When you do something in the bedroom and, you, and the immediate thing that follows is shame then that's the Holy Spirit talking and you can't, you you should stop it. So if my wife is telling me she feels dirty, dirty means shame. So my wife feels shameful that I just, that we just did what we just did. Okay. And look, man, this is next level stuff. This is next level stuff. A lot of people don't want to hear what I'm saying. This is definitely faith next level stuff and it's hard and it's difficult but i'm telling you when you start really you want to if you want your sex life to grow and not to end then you will try your best to understand what is best for your soul your wife's soul um so that your love life will never die okay okay um in order to become a great lover, we must surrender our wills to God and our beloved wife. Without that, we are just on, uh, as every other man on the planet. Love means willing the good of another. Love means willing the good of another. So when we talk about, and, and really that means the good of that person's soul. Is that soul, is that what's going to help my wife get to heaven? Is that going to do that? And when we are in the midst of lovemaking, sometimes our flesh takes over, and and we don't mean to do stuff, but we kind of do. And so this is why love means willing the good of another. That is the official Christ-like meaning of love, willing the good of another. Which means if I'm using my will, I'm not using my emotion, am I? Okay. So in marital love and marriage self, every day as a husband, we must ask ourselves, are we willing the good of our wife? And if we are, are we acting that out so that she sees and can verify that we really do love her, we really do have her best interest at heart? And if your wife is mad at you now and you are in marriage crisis, one of the things that your wife looks at is is does he love me is does he have my best interest at heart like is he doing this just to be a jerk or is he doing this because it's best for me and the family you know and and that what can get us that that's where where most men get okay so now that is the first three listen i know that was deep i know that was it was long and but man sometimes you know A lot of people say they love God, but they're not trying to really like push that envelope in the faith. And especially when it comes to intimacy, it's like we just want to do it. Okay, if it's good, it's good. If it ain't, it ain't. Well, we'll try better next time. (laughs) Okay, like I said yesterday, the last show. These first three are the core of what's happening. Okay, so now. The next one, uh, the next thing is we're going to go into um, something, a a comparison type of thing. So for numbers four through 10 and and the bonus number 11, we will directly compare how intimacy and eroticism can seem similar, but are very different when compared side by side. Okay. so now rule number four. So now I'm going to compare. We're going to compare holy sex and eroticism together okay so intimacy and lust together we're going to compare these things side by side so you can see how eroticism and lust can can really override your common sense sometimes with the flesh okay and so try to try to hear what we we're going to say okay so number 4 holy sex is very pleasurable eroticism is very pleasurable Okay, so they they're t- like that what that's saying is when you experience intimacy, it feels like eroticism. When you experience eroticism, lust, it feels like intimacy, right? Holy sex, true intimacy, is a passionate, sensual encounter between two lovers committed to a relationship that is faithful and forever. A relationship that has the power to raise up the couple, an ecstasy towards the divine lover, leading them towards themselves and empowering them to touch the love of God himself. That is an awesome description of intimacy, of holy sex. And sex is supposed to be holy. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. Remember, God loves sex just like you. He he wants it to be great. He wants you and your wife to come together because sex is a divine gift. It is a divine gift, okay, that God has placed on us, all right? So number five, holy sex is driven by intimacy and arousal, but eroticism is driven solely by arousal hear what I just said. This is so, so important. This is vital. So, holy sex is driven by intimacy and arousal. So, holy sex is driven by intimacy and arousal together. So, intimacy and arousal. I'm aroused. I see my wife. She kisses me. I feel aroused. And intimacy is like, I love her and I want to show her how much I love her, right? But eroticism is driven solely by arousal, which is what I was talking about in the bedroom. Sometimes we do things that feel good to us, but it makes our wife, for example, I'm not saying all, I'm just saying, give me a, just bear with me. We, we might do something that makes our wife feel shameful. Okay. So, which means what? If, 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 if you or your wife feel shameful, which is the Holy Spirit talking, this be this blunt, then, then that is not intimacy, is it? That's not intimate. That's not an intimate encounter. That is an arousal encounter, okay? So this is how you know what you're doing is beautiful in that holy sex is driven by intimacy and arousal. Eroticism and lust is driven by solely by arousal, which is what? This is what oh my God this is so this is so profound guys. So you know how as a man when we summertime comes, especially when summer first comes and end of May and June and July, and all of the women all of a sudden start wearing tight 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 stuff, start wearing revealing stuff, their boobs are popping all out, their butts hanging all out, they got on stretchy stretch pants, they got makeup on their hair's done really good. everybody's looking good and you see a woman like that and what do you have to do you only look at her for a second or two or what's going to happen these thoughts these thoughts in our head start us to what to be aroused by that woman so we can't sit there and lust over that woman right Beauty is to look at beauty is okay. She's beautiful. She looks very good to me, but I can't sit there for 10, 15, 20 minutes, two, three minutes gawking over that woman. Okay. This is why in order to commit for it to be a mortal sin, it has to be what? You have to accept the feeling. You have to enjoy the feeling. So Christ came and said that to even lust and look to lust after another woman in your heart is adultery. Okay. So what he's saying is, look, of course, brother, she's beautiful. But you can't be sitting there because men, a beautiful woman, a pretty woman uh, uh, is going to draw our attention immediately. If we're even we're sitting there talking to our wife, you know, and, and oh, somebody walks by. If you know, if you're like me, I'm always looking around because I just, I'm just like that. Like, who's walking on behind me? Who's coming in front of me? My eye, my, my peripheral vision is always picking up stuff. And my wife knows that by now. It's not necessarily I'm looking at another woman, it's just I'm looking around for safety. Thing that's just me. But a, a pretty woman to come by and your eyes are what they're drawn to that. You can't sit there and keep looking at that woman your wife is running is talking. You can't be sitting there look, look at that woman for 10, 15 seconds. <laughs> you know, you're going to get in trouble, right? So this is why arousal, that's arousal. Like, I don't even know this woman. I don't know her from, from Tom, Dick, or Harry. I don't know her at all. But I know she looks good. I know she's fine. She's beautiful. She's pretty, okay? And so that is what this is talking about. This is why when one of the reasons prostitution is an offense against chastity because you don't we don't even know that woman we have no intimate desire for her at all we're just aroused by her so if i am, am pulled around by my arousal all over the place heck i'm having sex with everybody which is what which is not good for our soul okay holy sex relies on closeness friendship and true intimacy and arousal the soul this is why guys this is what hurts men when they have ED. This is what really kills men. This is what really hurts them deeply. Is I have erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction. I see my wife. I love her, and I want to be intimate with her, but I don't have any arousal. You see what I'm saying? I have the intimate feeling. I have the love and everything it takes, but I don't have the mechanics. I don't have the arousal. The arousal's not happening. Okay. And, and this for women, you've got to, this is why if your husband has ED, you have to be very, um, you have to be very, um, sympathetic for him with him. And you got to try your best to help him wean himself off his medications. Wean, cause those things are probably mostly what's causing it. You know, eat better when you so you can wean yourself off the medications because your sex drive will not come back without that, okay? The sole driver of lust is arousal of the flesh, okay? Boom, that's just it. I'm sorry, it's it. And, And most of us don't even know the difference, and that's where we get in trouble. Why? Because we were not formed in the faith. We were not formed in the faith, and a lot of this is not our fault. But once you get to 18, You become solely responsible for your relationship with God and and, and, and get the knowledge. It's time that we seek him and the knowledge of him is what happens. Okay. So the last one for the day, I thought we're going to get done. I'm sorry, y'all. But look, this stuff is deep. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Okay. Six. Holy. the, the, The number six reason that sex dies after marriage is what? Holy sex overcomes shame. Eroticism causes shame. So remember, that's the Holy Spirit. Shame is the Holy Spirit talking. This is why people say, oh, just do what you want to do. Don't worry about it. And this is starting today. Everybody tells you, hey, you want to divorce your husband? Girl, it's going to be all right. Just divorce him. You'll be all right. You're going to be so happy. And then It don't that's not really true. What's gonna happen, is it? Okay, doing what we feel is not necessarily what's holy. Holiness is what of God, so is what God would have us do. So again, number six holy sex overcomes shame, eroticism causes shame. This is the litmus test. If once finished, if once finished, Shame enters you. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. We must learn to listen to him to protect our souls, therefore our mental health. Uh, one thing I want to bring up with this one too, a lot of times holiness is associated with mental health. This is why you hear priests say and and well people and people like me and and, and lady if you live a good Catholic life, If you do what you're supposed to do with God, your mental issues are going to be rare. They're going to be rare. So the seven sacraments, you take in the sacraments, you go to church every Sunday, you pray, you know, you meditate on God and and scripture and do all that stuff. You know, you live a holy life for the state of life that you're in, right? Okay. This will help you with your mental issues. But remember, the more we sin because sin makes us stupid, then what happens is that sin turns to shame, shame and guilt. And then the shame and guilt cause frustration, causes um, stress, causes depression, and causes disease. Okay? All right. So that is number six. And so tomorrow we will cover the rest. Um, and, uh, I hope we're going to take a break real quick and we'll be back and I'm going to, uh, close out with something. Hope that hope you guys like, bam, get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday 10 a.m. Eastern live streamed on YouTube, rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me Personally, for free. Yes, within thirty days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit Save My Catholic Marriage dot com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit Save My Catholic Marriage dot com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, Save My Catholic Marriage dot com. All right, all right. So we are done for today. And tomorrow we will cover six through you no know, we uh, recover seven um through uh ten. Okay. Um and so tomorrow will be a lot, it will be a lot faster because the other those first three are really long and involved. The the ones after that. Are not nearly as involved because they kind of they kind of work off of the first three. So again, tomorrow we we'll review and then we'll get right in it. Um, but the uh, the last thing is, thank you guys so much for hanging out. I know sometimes the faith can be a little involved and, and it could be too much too much talking because you got to explain things. Um, the thing about it is, is it, it's only it, it can seem like it's boring, but it's really not. Because once you stop and and sit there and start really listening to it, you start to realize how much it can help you. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of intimacy, the knowledge of our wife, um, the knowledge of ourselves are very passionate things that if we work with them, that they can really help us uh, in the future. OK, so. We are done for today, And as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, so society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL.